it's my life, so I'll walk the line, yeah. I got to give everything I can for this. No ifs or buts, honey, I would die for this. Need it more than my next breath, yeah. You know that I'm totally obsessed with it. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Four Power Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Wazza Warwick. How you going, man? What's up, man? I'm good, I'm good. Stoked to be in here with you too. Let's yeah, get it. It's good, happy bro. Thanks, bro. Thanks for coming in. Um, all right, so we'll touch on about your early life and what it was like growing up and, and how you kind of got into what you're doing today. Yeah, um, I've got a bit of a long story. Like, my family emigrated from the UK. Kind of had, like, that upbringing of, like, British parents, love football. That's a big part of me now, but... It was pretty much like growing up in Warragamba. That's where they emigrated to, like Western Sydney, out these suburbs. And then by the Warragamba, yeah. Slimmer, eh? By the by, the time I was born, like they were in Warragamba, and yeah. I've kind of been there ever since. Um, super small town, like you guys would know. We're in Macarthur. It's like West. Like you get a bit of everything out here, but out there, it's so secluded that I kind of didn't have a lot of opportunity growing up. Yeah, I had an older brother that just frothed the skate park. Like from the moment I was born, we literally went from the hospital to the skate park because he was kicking off that we like hadn't been there in so long because my mum was like pregnant. Yeah, she's like, oh shit, yeah, like right, we'll just go there. So like literally from day dot that I've been on the earth, like, it was like skate park, and I just wanted to be like him. So as a kid growing up, played every sport under the sun. I was like soccer, footy, baseball, tennis, basketball, like whatever. I did it all, athletics. Um, but nothing kind of gave me that fulfilment. Like, and I just wanted to be like the older brother and stack it out at the skate park. And as I got older, got really lucky. Scootering became a thing. Kind of tried skateboarding BMX growing up like every other kid does. And then um, the boom of scootering happened like 2007 when I started high school, 2006, 2007. And um, all my mates kind of jumped on it. And I went, oh, yeah, whatever. Kind of thought, you know, it's just going to be a fad. Yeah. All of them wrote it and I kind of felt left out. I'm like, oh, I should probably get one, eh? And then got one, got really passionate about it. Like most things that I do, just dive straight in. And then next thing you know, there were sponsors and things like that popping up. And at the start, it was just a diehard passion. Like I just frothed it, like wanted to get amongst it. Um, and then from there, blew into like a career path from early high school, say 14, 15, got a sponsorship, got a job in the industry and then kind of now 10 years or so on like made a somewhat of a career out of it grew a bit of a following online with the booms of social media and stuff like that and now just kind of having fun getting paid doing what i love for a living and yeah just experiencing whatever that's sick bro so can you remember what your first scooter was yeah it was a dodgy as jd actually no that's a lie it was a razor but like the og razor yeah like the real old school one was it bolted bro <laughs> well, yeah, I've, honestly, I literally got the same one and bolted it as a joke for a video back in the day. But yeah, yeah. Christmas 2000 Red Wheeled Razor. That's the first ever one. The first one that I actually tried tricks on was like this dodgy JD bug straight out of Kmart. Yeah. What was your first trick that you learned? First trick for me was a tail whip. Like, and that's most kids, but I did it the opposite way. So it was actually, if you know, like the technical terms of a scooter, it's a heel whip. Yeah, like mm -hmm. the opposite way. And like spent... I don't know, the first three or four years, like, doing it that way. And everyone told me it was the wrong way. So I taught myself the other way. And then, like, the wrong way or the way I naturally did it became cool. And yeah. I was like, you're kidding. Like, I literally <laughs> just taught myself the other way. So you yeah. started it. Yeah, but luckily, like, <laughs> then as I got, like, a, that pro or whatever and went in competitions, I could do it both ways. And kids were like, well, you can do it both ways. And kind of helped me yeah. get where I was. So, oh, yeah. That sounds good. Um, yeah, so I bet. There was probably a few ankles that got fucked. Oh, mate, so yeah. many. And, like, you've all They're done the it. Worst, We've eh? all done it. doesn't That's matter how many times you stood on a scooter once, a hundred times, you get one in the ankle, you know about it. Yeah. Like, fuck. So I remember. What, what, was your first, what was your first competition where you were like, this is what I want to do? Or you were like, this is pretty serious? 
Is um, there a competition or a moment? There's or? a couple. There's a couple. For me, when I was younger, like growing up in Warragamba, you either come out here to the skate parks or you would go to Penrith. Um, and Penrith was the hub in like the whole world at that time. There's a guy named Cody Donovan. You might have heard yeah. of him, but he was there and like he's a bit older. I think he's 30 now, so a couple of years older than me. And um, he was like the peak of the sport and like the one guy like, globally that was inventing all these tricks and was just crazy at the time. So you'd go there, watch him do a backflip and just be like, just gobsmacked. Yeah. So I was going there every Saturday or Sunday, like I'd my mum up, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Took a couple of my mates, we'd all like take turns or whatever, go out there. Um, and it was just watching him ride that was like the most influential thing that kind of got me hooked. But um, I don't know if you were even like, old enough at this point. There's a thing called Bebo, like a four MySpace. Yeah, so I don't know yeah, if you would have been there. MS, sister, MSN, MSN was my thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like that era. Um, and I jumped on there and I had like a picture of me doing a trick. And I went to Jamo one day and like seen him. And I'd always say, hey, and like pretty confident kid. Like I'd, if I frothed you, yeah, I was going to like try yeah. and get in with you, that kind of thing. Um, and he came up and he's like, hey, bro, I saw a picture of you the other day. Like, that was sick. Like, show me it. And I was like, what? Imagine that <laughs> as a kid. Bro. This guy knew who I was. Yeah. Like, this is my idol. I was like, no way. So I, like, jumped as soon as I had the chance. And then after that, like, he kind of saw that we were at a level that was, like, respectable. Like, yeah. there were so many good riders at Jamison Skate Park in Penrith at that time. But just getting noticed by him was a big thing. And then, like, he's such a down-to-earth dude that he, like, welcomed us, like, kids way younger than him. You know, when you're a teenager, like, it's pretty exclusive, like, you with your, mm. your clicks and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. He welcomed me and a couple other kids, like, into ride with them and always would invite us. Like, we'd, if they were going to a different park or to a competition, like, he'd say, oh, do you want to come? And, like, it got to the point where he was convincing my mom at, like, you know, 14, like, oh, he can come to Manly with us. Like, it's sweet. And my mom was like, Manly? Like, that's pretty far away. Like, what are you going to do? Like, but he was, like, the guy that looked out for us all and gave us so much opportunity. So definitely him. And I think the competition side of it was actually one that we created. So um, that crew, as we got older, made a competition in Penrith at Jamo called Jamo Jam. And there was, like, a couple of uh, years of that where, like, every rider from around the world came. And it was pretty much because Cody had made the park so iconic that all these, like, riders from around the world were just saying to their sponsors, like, send me there, I want to ride that park. Yeah. Like, And we kind of, like got in touch with the right sponsors through who we were connected with to get the right, like, um, prize money and, like, bringing brands on to say, like, there's going to be so much exposure, like, come and invest with us in this comp and yeah. we'll show your brand off. So how, how old were you at this stage? Probably, f that was probably 15 to 17. Yeah. Wow, so you're still a young age. Yeah, like, I was still in school. And that's the thing, like, back then, that was... I was one of the youngest in my little crew, like with Cody, um, a guy named Rory Co. His family was like massive behind Jammer Jam. Chris Hart, who now lives out here. Um, and probably the youngest was a kid called Jackson Bartlett. And he was like baby Bart's to us. He was like um, in primary school when we were probably there. So he was probably early high school when I was 17. Um, but yeah, he like, everyone kind of went nuts on this competition and invested in it. And globally, like the industry was like, yeah, this is the spot in Australia. But then it kind of fizzled out um, due to the fact that, like, we had it for two or three years and it was epic, but there was nothing else. And, like, we were making it. And then other companies started to, like, um, create things around the world. And we kind of got sick of writing Jamo. Like, we'd been there for years. We were like, we want someone else to take the reins and, like, build another one and keep the chain going. But it just didn't really happen for a little while. The fizzle died out with us. Rory and his family um, were so invested in it at the time. He went through a knee injury. And kind of was out of riding. And once that passion for him was gone, like his family obviously kind of took a step back as well. Um, like they were invested in all of us, but his lack of involvement kind of like domino affected. 
and just without them like being so crucial in the planning of it and everything like that and chasing like the smallest things like the sponsorship money like i didn't do that none of the other boys did it was like his parents like his mum um was like hunting all that down and like just having that business mindset whereas we were just like yeah right sweet i'll be yeah. the judge i'll dj like whatever it's more the passion driven behind yeah, it. yeah exactly yeah so we didn't really understand like the back end um and because of that it kind of fell apart but by the end of it um like companies around the world were starting to promote and invest in different competitions with people and it ended up coming to like a world championship first ever world champs was 2012 i was in year 12 at school just at Aldersley, and um pretty much did my whole of year 12 a week before hsc i qualified like i was the last chance qualifier and uh, they were like look you got an opportunity to go to the uk like it's paid for you're leaving on monday like do you want to do it and i was like the school said this to you Nah, like my sponsor, oh, like because yeah, yeah. I qualified like last yeah. chance, like it was like top fifteen from Australia, and the f- I come sixteenth at Aussies, and fifteenth place broke his like, oh. <laughs> and it was kind of like first one ever, Less, like am I gonna turn it down? And yeah. I wasn't a, I wasn't a big competitor in scootering, like I was more <laughs> the creative side of it, film everything like that. So, it was just like, do I want to take this opportunity and throw away like years of school? And that was kind of the thought process back then. It was like I invested so much time in school. I look back now, I'm so glad I did. Yeah. And like it was my principals and my teachers and stuff that actually convinced me. They said to me, was well, like, let's be real. Like you might not get another opportunity like this. They're like, you can go to uni as a mature age student. Really, you can yeah. start yeah. a job. And it was having those kind of connections in school and those people that were like respectful of what I was doing. Like that, Like I didn't just get told to get a job. Like from them anyway they were kind of like backing my passion and like people like my PE teachers and stuff like that would always say like oh how's your comps going like your body good like do you need me to help you with anything or have you been training what have you been eating like trying to actually help me and make a career out of it so I had that support system and it was really good and that kind of like developed into that opportunity but went over there placed uh 22nd which was like one of the highest out of my mates and I was surprised like I said I placed 16th in Australia so I was like 22nd in the world like I was gassed um but just to kind of like be there for that moment like if i'll show you boys that video like it's like the wildest competition i've ever been to because it was like 50 of the best riders from around the world that all knew each other finally in one place Mm -hmm. and the park was hectic and it would just happen to be in wales where my family is from in the uk so it was like like i was going home to celebrate like scootering with all of my mates from around the world it was just insane experience what were you like growing up in school good kid or no yes and no yeah um rat bag like Don't purely for like comedic value yeah. like not so much naughty in a sense but like just always trying to be funny and that kid but um good at school at the start lost so much interest like straight a student year seven didn't give a crap year 12 if that makes sense yeah. just it was kind of like i didn't really know what i wanted to do and scootering and everything like that was so good and i think that's why the teachers were so convinced like i just didn't it wasn't that i didn't want to be there i just wasn't as invested like yeah. uh, yeah. i feel that yeah um, so when you met up with these guys, did you make some good mates there and, and build some connections? with 100%. Them? Yeah. That kind of like directed the next couple of years of my life. And it was like, you know, guys would say, oh, come to America, I'll come to Spain or that's come here, nice come that. Yeah. So that's what I did. Like after that, uh, finish that year kind of thing, like you finish school like uh, September maybe, like after HSC or whatever, everyone goes to schoolies. Um, high school dropout, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you dropped that too, eh? but now like kind of everyone finishes up wraps up school and i was like made a deal with my mom she's like don't go to school i'll buy your flight to wherever you want to go i went done that's sweet <laughs> i'm getting out of here so i went to shout, the shout out the mom yeah jen dogs love you if you're watching this she <laughs> yeah, will be watching yeah. this for sure but that's that's how it's good yeah. no, i think it's definitely like what you're saying with the teachers and stuff like it's super important like i know 
depends what school and what teachers you're obviously involved yep. with and stuff. But I think like at the end of the day, like we've started talking to a teacher that used to teach us in school and he's full behind flow and like yeah. Mm. I wasn't a yeah, I wasn't a shit student in school, but like in terms of the education side, I just didn't care about it. And yep. um you know, I'd I'd feed it to the guy that we're talking to now and just yeah. be like fuck like i don't want to be here and like he'd tell me to do something i wouldn't do it yeah, yeah. and it's kind of just like what you're saying before it wasn't like you know you didn't want to not want to be there it was the sense like you just lost the passion and or not so much passion just like yeah I, like the, the drive for we've all been to school like, in like this day and age and yeah. like it's harder for our parents as a generation to understand like school's a crazy thing it changed even now like i couldn't tell you what are you 12 or year 11 kids doing like yeah. i don't know what schooling's like right now a high school student in general I just think the system's a bit behind. Like, they're yeah. teaching you so yeah. much stuff that you don't know. You just would know, like, working in business and stuff now, like, having your own brand. Like, there's things like taxes that they don't teach yeah. us. Yeah. We, 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 we I said, like, this, yeah. what, when did your year 12 teacher tell you how to pay your rego? Yeah. Or like, fuck, anything like, like that. Anything. Like, change your tire, bro. Like, fuck. See, like, yeah. honestly, like, that. And, and to me, like, I've kind of come through and I'm like, there's so many people out there that don't know those simple things. And, like, I'm learning things now. Like, like the littlest things that like, I've just been reminded now, like, you need to do your tax. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. I forgot. My bad. Like, I'm 26. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But, like, they didn't instill that in you back then yeah. and they didn't teach you. And if it was a subject at school, it'd be so, like, second nature right now that you wouldn't even think about it. you go, oh, yep, tax time, boom, done. Yeah. And, like, unless you have that set up where, you, or, like, your family has their own business or something or, or whatever, like, when they actually have to do it or you know, like, a tax agent or an accountant or something like that, like, you don't learn those things until you have to kind of, you get thrown in the deep end. You got to learn it. When you have your own business, do you know about Baz? Yeah, I don't have to pay it yet. Nah, yeah. see, that's the thing. But then you see Ice, and he's like, "Man, I'm dropping like hella money, and no yeah. one taught me about this." Yeah, yeah. And I've got a mate in America. Like, shout out Ray. He, um, we we're at Worlds, and he's like, "Bro, I just got an eighty grand tax bill." Like, but he's yeah. in California, and then he's explaining like what their tax is like. Yeah. So you're playing, um, like government tax, like like your nation so for him america state tax california and then county tax and like stuff like that as well so it's getting like compiled as it goes down i'm like man i'm just we just got jst in australia i'm petrified of fucking tax in america right? so yeah, yeah. i had this incident last year i was on like kentucky tour yeah ended up in you know it's a great start to a story yeah, isn't it? it i was on this kentucky yeah. tour ended up in hospital um go figure but um yeah, once I got off, like, they didn't give me a bill or nothing. And I walked home from the hospital. Like, Wait, where were you? New York. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so a bit pricey. I know exactly where this is going. A bit pricey. Anyway. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I didn't get a bill and they didn't have my wallet. My wallet was in my room. And I just completely fucked that night. Anyway, um, I asked my Kentucky manager. I just said, like, you know, like, they didn't give me a bill. They didn't give me nothing. Like, they don't have any of my, like, identity or anything. And they're like, whoever took you to the hospital would have like had where they it. passed you off someone would have said something about your name and whatever and then you just come up in the system as like a visiting resident or whatever yeah. and um yeah i was like oh they didn't give me a bill though and she goes look i'm not gonna lie and you might already know this but if you don't our system's like completely fucked like it's completely screwed in a sense of like how much like some guy not long after i got out of hospital me and someone else from kentucky were like reading this forum or story or whatever some guy tried to take his life. He was unsuccessful. They copped him with a $90,000, like, bill for, like, just, you know, putting him in hospital. Like, he w didn't stay there for a long time. I think he ended up going Fuck. to, like, suicide watch or something like that. But, like... But when you, when you like say that out loud, like... 
like how do you not realize yeah. how wrong it is like you know what yeah, i mean like, like it, that's it makes, what i don't yeah, get it makes my brain like explode in my fucking skull but mm. yeah like she said to me she's like you know aiden fucking it's i'd be expecting like ten thousand dollars usd for the bill and then she's like then you gotta pay tax as well yeah i was like what like, yeah bro. and i was like i haven't haven't got the bill yet but so all right just on that yeah like one of the bosses from the scooter company i rode for he um was based here in australia was a pro bmxer went over there had a crash had like 30 grand in debt in hospital bills and just pissed off back to australia and then we wanted to like kick the brand off over there and he's like well i've got to go and bro like i don't know to this day i should probably ask him if he's ever had to pay it yeah but he was dreading it like dreading it like getting there imagine walking into america and them going yeah you got to pay 30 grand before you can cross this some poor bloke named aiden reeves in america is getting uh, one of my my mates stepdads bro he had like he got a parking fine and ended up stacking up bill 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 like just from one small fine um just from like a rental car or whatever didn't pay bro rocked up at like us customs or whatever and they're like if you don't pay nine that ended up being nine grand like as it's stacked on and (laughs) if you don't pay nine grand usd right now we're not letting you in the country. And he's just flown fucking from Australia to yeah. the US and he's like, I've got no choice. So he paid it. And like, fuck, fuck me. me. Yeah, that's I'm, wrong. I'm yeah. so nervous. I'm I'm hope I don't know. COVID's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Change the whole like, system over it. <laughs> because I'm thinking like, you know, there's so much shit happening in the hospitals over there. Yeah. You know, some Australian fucking twenty one year old going over there. You know, it's yeah, not much yeah. of a big deal, but You'll have, to, you'll have to nimble it. We'll see, maybe they, maybe they, maybe they're short on <laughs> some change it. and they need my money. I don't know. But right, that country is in shambles, and yeah. the medical system. Like I always get asked, like, why don't you live there? There's so much opportunity, like as a creator or whatever. Like it's a good lifestyle, yeah. and I've got mates that have like been really successful with YouTube and stuff like that. They're like, why don't you go there? Like you're going to open a world of opportunity. You've got all these people to collaborate with. I'm like, mate, you seen their medical system? Yeah. And like, what? Like, I'll go to the skate park, I'm snowboarder, yeah, whatever yeah. else. Like, you play sports. Injuries are a part of it. Like, where, where if you if you took me and you and compared us in that system, I'd fucking you know sit behind a computer, do yeah. marketing that thing. There's little to no risk of me sitting behind a computer. I might. Worst case scenario, fall off the back of my chair if I'm swinging off it. But yeah. you're at a skate park, you're putting your like yeah. body on the line every day, kind of thing. Yeah. So there's yeah high risk of you moving there. That's the big thing That's when so we um when we go with the camps, it's like first thing on the on the list, like you got insurance, and if they don't have it, like we just put them back on a, on a plane, send them home. Like well, this, yeah. yeah. I said that to my Kentucky too. She's like, "Do you have travel insurance?" I was like, "Look, I was fucking blind." I called the girl, like one of my friends who organised like the insurance and stuff. She goes. Were you intoxicated? I was like, yeah. And she goes, um, so what happened? Anyway, I hit my head, but I was intoxicated. So I don't know if they're classing it as you hit your head and that's what like really kind of put your fucking nail in the coffin and sent you here. Or yeah. they're like, all right, you're completely fucked and yeah. you've just hit your head and that was just the thing that happened. But yeah, I called her and she's like, look, the only thing that ins- travel insurance doesn't cover you for is when you're intoxicated. And I was like. Fuck me, dead. Like, that's mm. the worst no, thing. No, sober. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> on the waters? So, yeah, talks about it on what? Yeah. Water. Nah, a bit of life. Yeah. No, so. High on it. Yeah. Um, you started your brand. What made you want to do that, bro? Pretty much, like, the industry with scootering, it's such an awesome market and it gave me so much opportunity to travel and, like, life experience like that. But the financial aspect of it just wasn't really there. Like, it. It's hard too because I do understand like where they came from. Like we didn't have mainstream media supporting us. You think about the footy. Use Nathan Cleary as an example. He's got half my following, mm. and he's making triple 
for five times the amount as mm. me in, in endorsement. Yeah. Because you've got Friday night footy, like, you know, mainstream TV, whatever else. But you look at socials and stuff like that. And like I said, like, he's got half my thing. And at, like at the time when this was happening, I think he had like 10%, maybe, maybe less. And he was like hectic footy player, like on mm. the come up, like really good bloke, clean image. Like, you know what I mean? He had all the endorsement coming in. But you know him personally or not? Yeah, just oh from yeah. Penrith. Yeah. yeah. So like, and I would speak to him about it. I'm like, bro, like, this is nuts. Eh? And like, they'd say the same thing. But um, just purely like, not having that endorsement, not that outside sponsorship. Like if you think about a footy player, like the club probably pays them like so much, but a lot of their money comes from endorsement and everything else and all the other deals. And people don't see that. Like if you look at soccer in the UK, like they get paid a mozza by the clubs, but it's the money coming in from elsewhere that like gives them that lavish. I'm pretty sure LeBron, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure LeBron is getting paid almost three times the amount by sponsors than the NBA. Ronaldo gets paid like $100 million from Nike or something. Yeah, but he's on like, I think he's on a lifetime contract as well. Like, and I think they learnt their mistake from um, Michael Jordan. Mm. I don't know if like you know much about that, but I got told that. Last dance. Yeah, but I haven't even watched it yet. Purely, purely because I'm like, I'm going to get so hooked Is this the stock market thing? Nah, nah, nah. This is purely like with the Jordan brand, with Nike. Yeah. So he made... I think that I could be wrong here. No one quote me on this, but I think he made like triple his lifetime earnings as a sports star in one year after he was retired on Jordan. He's the only sports star ever to when he retired, the stock market changed. Yeah. That's how much money was involved. Yeah. Like stupid amounts. That's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) And like you think about Michael Jordan, like as an athlete, like next level. But it just shows, like, if you are that good and create that kind of, like, lasting image, like, it's going to give you that set up for life. But like, then we relate it back to scooters. Like, you look at R. Willie. You guys probably yeah, know who that yeah. is. Like, absolute legend. Nitro Circus in that, eh? Yeah. yeah. The only reason he's made it is because of Nitro Circus. Like, and he's a he's diehard athlete, man. He works so hard. I've got so much, like, love for him and what he's done. And his dedication is next level. But he was given an opportunity, like, I'm making a million-dollar contract, um, like, a couple of years back now. And man, like I was nowhere near that ballpark, like nowhere near it, and no, and no one else was. Yeah, only a few kids have really made money from it, and most of them actually haven't made it from scootering directly. It's been from avenues like YouTube that just gave them an opportunity. So, like you guys probably know Tanner Fox. No, 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 no that rings a bell. YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. Like a couple mil now, probably like ten mil something. Maybe could be off the mark. Scooter kid, like was here at fourteen, like in Sydney, like just chilling. No one knew who he was. Now he's like booming over there, like. Even with all the people like Jay Pauls, all those kind of guys, it's that's that's his clip. They're, they're, they're fucking massive, bro. Yeah, and f- for him, like his blow up on YouTube was purely out of like right place, right time, right age. Like knew the audience, you know those segways, like hoverboard thing. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. So like he took one to the skate park, like right when that was a thing, a massive trend before Christmas, and it had like something stupid, bro. Like millions and millions of views because everyone was like on. Yep, um, hoverboard on yeah. YouTube, and his video like had a thumbnail of a, like a kid riding it. This kid Rocco, and they both blew up. They had millions of subs, and these were two scooter kids, man. It was like wow, okay. But then they kind of created a pathway for other people. There was a Funk Bros. They were scooter kids, all in California. Um, then my mate Ray as well. Like he's just hit a mill this past year while I was over there in January, and like that was, like that was the craziest thing because I'm watching someone, but he's the only one to like single handedly do it off scootering. Other ones were like doing it from you know prank videos and and all this other stuff, and he's like pretty much been diehard like scooter, scooter, scooter. Yeah. Mm. Um, but so much money in socials, like just in YouTube alone, and that's the so thing. Like following. it is, but then you look at Australia, like th- there's not 
Yeah. Like you just don't have the same investment as well from ads and stuff like that. Like yeah. it's it's so different. And this is the thing. Like when you compare population America to Australia, like it's multiplied in California alone by like four plus times Australian population or whatever. So you've got that much opportunity in terms of like scaling. Like it's ridiculous. Like I look at him and he's like hitting a million subs and I'm like cranking 40,000 over here and I'm like, man, I've been, I was grinding for a little bit, but like he's been dedicated 365 yeah. for like years and do, years. Do you think that you are like not obviously that you are bad now, but do you think if you dedicated to doing videos, you'd be in a different position in, in a sense of like where you want to be or if you... Oh, 100%, bro. But then uh, this is the thing as well. You kind of burn that passion because you're seeing other people get rewarded for the same amount of work. And it's, and it's just opportunity and you can't win, you can't control it. Like, yeah. and you can't hate the system for it either. Like, it's just yeah, the way it is. It works for some people, doesn't it? It's luck of the draw. Like, yeah. yeah. So you experienced a few injuries. Yeah. Driving. A couple in the years, yeah. <laughs> broke both ankles. So you worse on? Yeah. Probably. The same time? Uh, nah, like simultaneously. One healed, did the other oh, one. Oh, bullshit. It's a, it's a good story, but on the Today Show. Really? Yeah. Live. You know how they do the weather uh, in the morning? Like they like get cool stuff in the background and that. Was it you? Yeah, it was me. <laughs> and you and snapped I was, your ankle. Yeah. <laughs> and like we were just out at Monster Skate Park. It was like oh, probably like 5.30, 6 a.m. Like I was cranking super early and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is sick. Smashed a Red Bull or something, like ready to go. Come in, routine trick, done it a million times. And like just went up and thought I was like not going to land it super clean. So I just thought I'd put my foot down, like kind of put it on the edge and it just went bang. And I was like, ah. Oh. And then everyone looked and they're like, you sweet? And I'm like lying behind the ramp so they couldn't see me on TV like Screaming and shit Like trying not to make any sound As soon as they're like Yep cut I'm like fuck Like this yeah. is it Everyone's like You sweet And I'm like Yeah I'm Not really Drove back to Penrith Like he was in the auto Drove back to Penrith Went to the hospital Like no sorry Went to my mate's place And they're like Nah it's sweet Like you drove back here Like you're all good I'm like nah man Like it's my left Like it's not <laughs> my right Like went to the hospital Yeah mate you broke it I was like Fuck You're kidding Like uh, I remember like Even though you're in auto Fuck, I broke, when I was saying to you before we started the podcast, when I broke my hand, yeah, I had to drive a manual to, I drove myself to the hospital, but just using my hand with the gear. The diet, yeah. Oh, fuck me. Even if you hurt your hands and you do that, like, it, it's deadly. I, like, grazed all mine. Yeah. had, like, a manual Hilux at the time, just yeah. shoving it up, and it was the worst thing ever. Like, you'd be putting in third gun. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pussiest little thing, but it's just, like, painful. Hey, guys, what's up? Sorry to interrupt this podcast, but I got a quick message from our podcast sponsor. Smash the Silence is a mental health organisation that supports upcoming musicians and young people struggling with mental health. Check out our Facebook and Instagram to see the online series we're putting out, having inspiring conversations and showcasing amazing local talent. It's super important to speak out and support your mates. You're not alone. Now, back to the podcast. Uh, but yeah, man, when you were first starting out and like heading to skate parks and stuff, did you ever find like there was people there at the skate park who kind of, you know... Make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and stuff, or was everything? Yeah, hundred really percent. Yeah. There was like being a scooter kid; like it wasn't a great park. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like high school was a shocker. Like especially out here, yous would know if you don't play footy, like you're not yeah. a cool kid. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like for dude, yeah. yeah. And like I was lucky; I had footy and I was playing, and I was all right. Like otherwise, I was copping it even more. But I copped it so much from those boys that I played footy with, even. Yeah. But like that's just the. I was like the elite level in school. It's like America. You look, you got your sports jocks, your footy yeah. player jock. Like it's just standard school system. So I was copping it from them, going to the skate park, being a scooter kid. Like you have the skate industry and the skate culture. Like I grew up around it and knew a lot of people at the parks around here because of my brother. But like he'd moved to Queensland at this point and kind of like 
not so much that things had faded, but like people didn't care or like, like whatever. You're just a scooter kid to a lot of people like yeah. that. It was only like as I kind of got better and better that I got more respected. Yeah. And then like you got known, got a bit of a, like a, a name for yourself or whatever that people would give you time of day. But man, I copped it everywhere and yeah. like in every aspect. Like so, so did you find when you slowly like kind of built your name and then kind of yeah, built up your reputation that then you went to Penrith and, and met more people who were in like the um I'd say that culture or yeah I'd say that kind of happened first yeah. and it was part of like being in that crew that helped me kind of like go to that next level as yeah. a writer like 100 I, I credit Cody so much because yeah. if he didn't invite me into that crew like I don't know how long the passion would have lasted like I saw so many kids and people throughout high school like fizzle out that were really talented at it because they just didn't see like the longevity of it or just want to do different things in high school like i was so into it i was dedicated so yeah like everyone would go and party at 16 and i'd be like no nah, i gotta come tomorrow mm. i feel like it was a hated culture too like you said like yeah. scooters for ages was just had shit put on it yeah like even for our age like yeah. you obviously would have felt it first yeah. hand like just hear like scooter fag every now yeah, and then like, that, and that's that's the term I mean? like and even to it. this day like, called, yeah, like, yeah. even to this day like people joke about it to me now that that respect me and they say hey scooter bag and then they're like back off and i'm like bro like kind of don't understand like yeah, what you're saying to me it. like yeah like that was my childhood like and i just copped it the abuse but the thing was i like like i said before had that support system around me that was like nah you like something go get it like yeah. go do it like don't listen to what anyone else says yeah, so it was kind of and i was that driven at that point that i was like like tunnel vision like i want this i'm going for this like that's me i don't care what you think of me and at the end of the day like i grew up and i would always say like Oh, like, look who you become or look, like, whatever. Like, and now you look back at some of these people and all these people that were talking shit and I'm like, mate, you did yeah. nothing. Like, and it's kind of like, it's a good feeling inside that you don't want to see someone struggle, but you're just like, for what you did to me kind of thing, this is karma. Like, you've kind of ended up with what revenge. you dealt. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I remember uh, when we were talking before about, like, when you first got started, bro, that's, that's penny boards, eh? Yeah. Did you ever ride a penny board? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. That, that was probably the thing... Like, I, I didn't stay in the skate kind of industry for too long. Yeah, like every, but this is the thing. Yeah. When you're a young dude, you try yeah, everything. Everyone, you have yeah. a crack at it all, yeah. Yeah, you try bodyboarding. I'd a mad gear pro. Yeah. It's pretty pro then. Yeah. yeah. That was a game changer, eh? Like if, they were if big, you know, big, big First, um, like, one-piece scooter deck, and that was a company that, like, invested a lot of money. Mm. So they were a Kmart um, toy company and saw the opportunity for it, like, with Razor, jumped on it, and then, like, blew up. But they were the first ones in Australia to really invest in a team. They had a full Aussie team. It was like R. Willie, Cody, um, a couple of other athletes. And they like went on a trip to America. And then um, the following year, Blunt came out. And that was – then that became Envy, which was Envy, like the year I was, year say, I was yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. So that so let's touch on that. So um, how old were you when Envy or Blunt decided to uh, like, be a sponsor? Like 14, 15. Wow. Yeah. 2000, oh, yeah, 2010, 15. Yeah. Um, just came out by chance. That was no parts, nothing like that. Yeah, it was I saw, just saw in a uh, past interview. They changed. They changed from Blunt to. So did they change or two companies merge? No, no, no. There was, some, there was something okay. I heard. Something that you said in an interview, and I'm, like, yeah. everyone, all the scooter community is gonna hate on me right now. I'm yeah. fucked in scooter brand names and yeah, stuff. Yeah, But you said something about like they were this brand because they were like sharp or something yeah yeah so that's that's something. how we actually got a name which yeah. was one of the coolest things and it's so many people still to this day when i like explain to them like wow like i didn't know that yeah but that's the best part of the brand story yeah like. this was the one of the things that when you realize it, you're like damn like you really did nail exactly what you wanted to be like from branding from mm. day one so um blunt is the chapter of europe right now but it was the global name of envy for a long time um then we got like a legal threat to get sued 
And they pretty much went, no, fuck you. We're going to change our name. Like, it's going right now. Mm. So literally within like 24 hours, it was changed to Envy. And I was like, dude, that sucks. Like, I like Blunt. Like, I don't like Envy. Like, just yeah. being like, I think I was 16 or 17. Probably because you're so used to it as well. And I was just yeah. exactly so familiar with it. And it was such a big part of my life that I was like, no, I don't want change. But what happened then was they went to Envy. But that was like, like Envy doesn't have the same connotations now. Like, it's, it's a massive brand and they've done so well with Envy in Australia and America. Mm. It's still Blunt in Europe. Um, so people still know the name, but the name actually comes from razor being sharp. And the guy that invented it was like, I don't want this to be anything like a razor scooter. I want it to be like strong and durable and actually look good. Yeah. Blunt. So opposite of razor being sharp was blunt. Yeah. That's mad. And like that? the, the hard thing wasn't like, I wouldn't have said this if I couldn't speak so freely on the podcast, but like we copped a lot and we struggled in America from the connotations of blunt being related to weed. Yeah. And like being a skateboard thing, they're like, no, you're promoting this. And like in Cali, we went to a comp and they were like, dude, your name sucks and all this crap. And I'm like, you don't even know. Like yeah. if, you, if you want me to tell you where we got the name from and we tried and like my boss would explain like, no, it's the opposite of like that it has nothing to do with it. But like we had like a, like a, I don't want to say like a leaf like logo at the time, but people were like, no, it's like the weed leaf. And it wasn't at all. Yeah. Like it was just their, it was like a, yeah, I know, yeah, their right. imagery yeah, yeah. the whole time. And I'm like, man, like you're just whipping this up in your head, like scheming. And then that was a big thing. Like we got sued or attempted to be sued in Australia so we changed the name here, but we changed the name in America purely for rebranding. Yeah. And it was because of that. Like we just weren't doing that well. We we're killing it in Australia, killing it in Europe. And that's why it didn't change in Europe. But like obviously Australia we had to. So we're like America is going to cop it as well. That's where those products would go to. The blunt tags will just go to Europe. Like yeah. So when you say when you say we, were you part of the actual production and creativity team or like what were you? So at, at the time in high school, I was a writer solely. Yep. Um, but we had so much involvement as writers into, into the brand and that's what kind of helped the brand grow. The guy that owns it, Dinny, epic dude, done so much for the sport and myself. Um, he like invested so much into our knowledge of what we wanted as writers and used his knowledge from a BMX background and production standpoint um, to kind of build the perfect product. So we would give feedback, feedback, feedback. So like the products would come out and a lot of it was his design, but it would come from concepts that we'd spoken and about. Or he would even... People that are writing it. Yeah, or yeah. he would put them in our mind and say, what about this? And then we'd like go out and test it or that's whatever good. or give us the product and we test. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of why it was so successful is that he was making products for us. Like, like just making yeah. them and selling them. Yeah, exactly. Design something that works. Yeah, yeah. and then that's, that's also like the next thing that he nailed was like when things were coming out, the colours, the designs, the patterns, like he was so on it and it just kind of like transpired from there because he had the full package. Like some people either usually have like, yeah, the product's good, but you're just not really selling it to a big market. So like only a select crowd would buy it. Whereas he was like, no, nah, I want to hit everyone. So he made it for like the pro pros and he made it for the kids. Yeah. And just nailed that concept. Man. So yeah. yeah. So I saw um, you had some massive involvement with the new skate park at Oran Park. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. That was a really cool thing for me. Um, being a local from this area, like you guys would know, there's not that many skate parks around. So it was just like Camden up here. And there was so much talk of that getting revamped and rebuilt and stuff like that for years. There were so many different skate parks. Oh, there'll be one at Norella and there's going to be a new one at Mount and like mm. all these areas. And it's like, it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, we'll talk. Yeah. So like a, just a mutual friend um, was working in Camden Council at the time and was just like, we want to build this skate park. Like you got any ideas of, you know, some stuff that you want? And they were like um, having like general meetings and stuff like that with the public to say, what do you guys want? So we went along to a couple of them and I sent in a bunch of ideas to what they would like kind of want, what the best skate parks were around the world, what the coolest features were. Yeah. That was years ago now. Um, and that somewhere along the lines kind of got a bit blurred. But then when the skate park came around for Oran Park, 
they would like used a lot of things that I said, took a lot of it on board and knowing the family behind Oran Park, the Perriches, um, they kind of invited me on board to, to kind of oversee everything and, and give a lot of feedback and stuff like that. And it was it was perfect opportunity when it actually opened up. Like I was playing soccer out there and I'm so invested in local community out here that I went there on the opening day and it was like I seen so many people from different walks of my life, from high school to whatever, just like people in the community, like shop owners that I'd been to, like fish and chip shops or That's whatever, bad, like That's all they're out celebrating this place. And there was thousands of people there and it was epic. And then like just to see kind of a creation that happened, like I said, in pictures and a concept in my head all these years ago, like five plus years ago, like pieced together in front of you after all that. And you're just like, wow. Like, Sense of pride. Eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, so awesome. I'm just like stoked to even have been involved anyway. Like, yeah. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there, I was watching one of your recent, I think it might've been recent video or one of your past vlogs or something. And they built the skate park on top of an old go-kart track or there's like something. Like nah, so, so what it is paying homage to like Oran Park, Park Raceway. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, yeah. so it was famous racetrack. You think Bathurst and stuff yeah. like that. That was another one to pay homage to them. All the rails and a lot of the skate park has like, um, like imagery related to the racing. So, you know, around the corners, they have like the checkered yeah, corners, yeah. like black and white, red Game and white strips, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. they've got that in the rails That's and smart. they've got that around the bowl with the tiles. Like they've sep- they've done it like that. Yeah. And I thought that was so sick because mm. you come to a place like, that's so developed now and we see the, like the difference like i don't know if you would remember like like 10 plus years ago like it was nothing like what it is now i cannot remember oran park for the life of me yeah yeah and all that yeah. stuff yeah so if you don't know like you don't know but yeah. if you do know it's like wow like it's such a different place now and i just thought it was sick that they paid respect to that and yeah, kind no, of like gave 100%. it some some of the old identity like in the new modernization yeah for sure um so moving I just want to touch on the clothing brand a little bit more. Yeah. So um, how did you find the process of starting that? Was that difficult for you or like to find suppliers and stuff like yeah. that? Um, like I, I've always said, like if anyone that knows clothing in Australia or start that brand, AS Colour, 100%, you always would know it. Like it's quality, man. You jump on it and everyone will tell you the same thing. Like it's so good. You can't beat it. Like for a 100%. basic. So I jumped on that. But the concept behind it was that I was, you know, trying to make money from scootering and not really making it. And I was like, how can I brand it? And people um, with YouTube at the time were really popping off with merch. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. But like none of my mates are going to wear a Wazza shirt to the pub, like or nothing like that. So I was like, how do I create a brand that kind of stands for something? And you guys would know like you've got your own branding behind this and the meaning behind it and what you want to kind of like um, entail with the brand. So for me, it was about like action sports. I wanted to give back to all the people out there didn't judge me for riding a scooter and kind of like, like I enjoy all of it. I snowboard, I skate, I do everything. Like, so I just wanted to make something for that person that enjoyed anything. So mm-hmm. it's in the shower one day, like scribbling on the, you know, on the shower screen, making a mess. And um, just in my own head, like trying to think of ideas. I wanted to do it for so long. And like, I was getting told like, just do it, just do it. I'm like, no, I want the right name. Like, and I want to stand for something. So just thinking, I just watched this surf documentary and this guy like wins his first world tour kind of thing. And everyone was like, you, I'm just like, hundred thousand views all over the thing <laughs> and then like one of them lined up and it was like w from the back of it space and then another one and i was like man put that in it's like we you and then i clicked in my head i'm like we you like as a collective of people like we you so yeah. that's kind of where the name come from like yeah. That's, yeah i've that's never actually thought about it in that context nah and that's the thing and people don't and it's like and like i said before when you find out the story behind a brand it kind of gives you a lot more of an understanding and relatability to attachment as well yeah same as ours like yeah as literally started off the back of mental health and yeah. i saw a professional help yeah she said you just gotta let life flow yeah and that's literally stuck with us yeah. and that's how that happened yeah, yeah. Literally, like you just think just one basic word 
100 percent yeah. message behind it so much yeah. different, so different Boy, yeah. the boys like to think it's just wolf backwards yeah yeah, yeah i look yeah. in the mirror and i think that yeah um but yeah um so moving on to so you started picking up a following when it kind of really kick into fifth gear for you in terms of numbers and stuff like that i don't know the exact time i think i hit 10k oh i don't even know no i would have been 18 i reckon when i hit 10k or give or take like um Swipe up feature on Instagram there, yeah, not? whatever, boys, get around <laughs> it. But nah, like seriously, I was probably about that. Hit 10k, and that was a big milestone around then because you went from having a number to having a k. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so like, uh, unless you achieve well, it. When's a blue tick? So that's a whole nother ball game, eh? Yeah, but yeah. pretty much went to that, and then consistently was growing at a rapid rate. Yeah. Um, and I had like like now you talk about algorithms and stuff like that, and posting and whatever, and I'm sure we'll get into that in yeah. a bit. But like, it was so laid out that I was just doing my own thing. And I was like killing it because Instagram was so organic. So it was like if you followed someone, you saw their posts. Yeah. Where it's so different now. So like so three like or four percent of their posts. Yeah. Yeah. Them and like, like when you find out what someone's engagement is, yeah. like if I tell you, oh, <laughs> telling you, like it's rough. But and unless you're like paying money now, you don't get that exposure. Whereas back then, you had so much organic exposure. So mm-hmm. I was like doing kind of cool stuff, not to toot my horn, and people wanted to see it. But I had a background in photography. Like I always liked photos and cameras and stuff. So yeah. I had the gear as well and the kind of know-how to like capitalize on it. So it went from 100 and obviously grew like to the tens of thousands, 20, 30, 40. Then you jump from like 50 to 80 or 50 to 70 in like in like a couple of weeks or a month. And you're like, well, okay. Yeah. Like it was just booming. Got to 100. Like couldn't believe my life. I'm like, no way, 100,000 people like follow my account. And by this time, Instagram was either sought out to be bought by Facebook or like getting bought by Facebook. Um, and then that's when things started to change. But Facebook didn't necessarily go over it straight away. Like it was well over, I was well over 100 when they actually like implemented different things like paid advertisement and stuff like that to Facebook. Yeah. And then they implemented it to Instagram and that changed the game. So that for me, it went from being completely organic and all this stuff to kind of just being like, yeah, you're not getting that anymore, mate. And yeah. it's to me now, it's kind of like I don't have a following in my sense. Because there's just no, well, not no engagement, but like a lot less than. Yeah, really like I'll be ruthless. Organic, I'll yeah. give the people at home something to think about. One percent. That's what it is. One percent. Very small number. Yeah, yeah, and and when you work so hard for it, like I put well over ten years into it, into Instagram, like one percent reward for that. Are you kidding? Like, mm. and it's kind of when when I guess pre, you know, pre getting fucked by Facebook taking over Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you were posting, were you posting every day or? Yeah, trying to. Yeah, yeah. I was on a contract where I had to post 24 sponsored posts a month. Okay, yeah. Um, like targeted to scooters. Um, so that took a lot of like away from the creativity side of things and just like the personality. And that's why I think like I grew and everyone knew me as a scooter kid is rather that, than. Is that because you were too focused on frequency rather than quality or? Th- that was the contract. Like that's what yeah, they wanted. Right. It was, had to be 24 times a month minimum about scootering, like about the brand. Yeah, right. um, so obviously you could kind of dive into your own creative freedom from there and create whatever as long as it was about them they were pretty happy um but yeah that took away from like everything else that i was doing so i wasn't really promoting that i was djing i wasn't promoting all these other hobbies and stuff that i had like i stopped playing other sports because i was so devoted to it um but it was like i was just so invested in like trying to grow that number as well and that that's the addiction like you think about the number when you're in the game like that's all you care about yeah. Like, and I, I got black old on that for sure. I think that's where um influence has changed a lot now is like I think a lot of the businesses and, and brands that are, you know, investing or putting money into these influencers, they're seeing like there'll be someone with a thousand followers who's like even at the engagement's one percent, they'll have like a thousand diehard fans of yep. like but then you say someone 
like if they had 1.1 million followers and they weren't getting much engagement. Like yeah. I don't know of anyone that does have 1.1 mil and doesn't get engagement. But yeah. like, oh no, but yeah. like this is the craziness when it's actually when you put it into perspective. So the average successful and I'd like I'm saying the average, very average. It's a broad spectrum because a lot of people have following, but it was 10 percent of like your following. So like when I was like killing it, 10,000 posts like 10,000 likes on a post every post 10,000 posts a day yeah (laughs) exactly yeah but like 10,000 likes on a post and like i was buzzing like and it was going like that but kids were getting more than me so i'm like damn i need to get more but that that was my good period and then kind of like you work so hard on that number and you watch that number demise because like they've changed the algorithms and everything like that so many times now and and if you're not investing in it like and not putting money into it you're not necessarily going to get that reward unless you have a super cult following and it's gone like that so i like took my foot off the gas due to some life events and like next thing you know, my following like kind of like just dipped hard. Like went from having ten thousand to five thousand, like on average and stuff like that. Like it was a big drop, and like that was partly me to blame. Like I stopped posting, kind of hid my life a little bit, like for myself, and got my like got my head back in the game. But then by that time, when I wanted to rebuild it, I was already on decline, and so hard to win people back over because like it just they weren't organically getting shown, even though I was doing like something cool. And that's what people don't realize now. Like you've got a window when you post something. The first thirty minutes has got to be so engaging, like so people have like like I got a little squad stone cutters. It's like Travis Gibson, a bunch of boys I grew up with. And we used to post on Facebook when they first did it, and everyone would use their different DJ page. Like I had my scooter riding page, like fan page, like all my branded pages and stuff like that. And I'd jump on all of them and drop a comment within like the first thirty minutes and like it and just get around to, just and share, boost, it, yeah. boost the organic yeah. engagement and open it up. Yeah. But now like they've they've like if you don't have that, you don't get nothing. Mm. Mm. Like you would know, you're talking to brands about this all the time. Yeah. Like it's so important to get that engagement or to engage your um, following and stuff. I like tell that you what, though, it's hard. It's it is hard to you know show someone results when, as you said before, the numbers at one percent. Yeah, like it's and if you're not paying for stuff, like it's, it's yeah very difficult to say. You know, this is what I can do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. It, that it, takes, it takes creativity yeah. out the window. I think it's a bit yep. disappointing. That's where figures take over in it. Yeah, you said if you don't have the money, you're kind of not gonna. Yeah. Not, not succeed, but you're not going to get that interaction. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of disheartening. That's it the is. hardest thing. It takes like the creativity out of it. If you've got, so say you're loaded, you heaps of money, but yeah. I'm heaps better than you at what I do. Yeah. Like you're going to succeed just because you're back on yourself or not to say that, obviously talent shines, but yeah. it's just disappointing to from facts. It is yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And especially coming from the other like way, like it was completely different. It was so organic. So if you were good at something, you were rewarded for it. Yeah. Or like if you were like out there hustling, you were rewarded for it. Whereas now, like you said, if you've got money, you can buy that exposure almost. Like you still have to deliver a decent enough product to invest people's time. Yeah. Like everyone's so busy these days with like the access to anything they want at their fingertips on a phone. Like you've got like, I think it's like three seconds to win someone over in a post. Like if a video or something like that, if you don't capture their attention, like next one. That's why a lot of the YouTubers is, as Evan asked, like we're putting like, you know, a really either f- educational or entertaining part at the very start of the video then going intro and then people wait, you know, they, they stick around a little bit longer to see what leads up yeah, to that kind yeah, of thing. For yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a market. I guess it's yeah. a tactic now. Yeah. Like how many times you scroll down, it's like tap on this video to make a million dollars next week. Yeah. It's like, oh, where you t- it goes for five minutes, means nothing. Yeah. You know, they yeah. just draw you to that attention. They'll, they'll sell you a sales pitch at the end, but it's the, it's that an initial pitch kind of thing that captures yeah. you. And we see webinars all the time. Like I get ads on Facebook, like, oh, not Facebook, YouTube, like, no, tomorrow, sign up for this webinar. Yeah. Like, this is this. And, you know, when I was first starting out in business, like, Seems like when a great idea, right? Yeah, when you're making <laughs> fuck all money, bro. Like, and even now, like, I'm not making bank, and I say this yeah. all the time. Yeah. But you, you know, you dive into those things, and it's not chasing money. It's like, you know, when you don't have money, you don't 
have a vehicle to help you kind of build your business. And, yeah. And, you know, money is the lifeblood of a business, whether you like it or yeah. not. Like, 100%. You, you don't, don't make it the reason why you're in business. Don't, make, yeah. don't ever make money the reason why you're in business. Make it, like I said this last week, money is a consequence of working hard and doing Success. what you love. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So That's a perfect expression too. Like, it's if, you, if you strip it back, literally, like it's disappointing how money has to be involved in everything. Yeah. Like, you can't do what you love for free. Like, yeah, 100%. Like you said, you're scooter riding. Eventually, you're, like, you're going to need the money to travel. You're going to need the money to that. Yeah. We can't make shirts and sell them for free. Yeah. Like, that, that's what I was about to say. The, like, best, the best way to think of it with the clothing brand is if you don't have enough money to buy the product, you can't sell the product to make the money. Exactly. And like people don't understand that. So like for me, I haven't invested in clothes in a little bit, like just because I've been doing other things. And it's just like... I don't think you understand. Like, it's not a couple hundred bucks to go make a couple of hoodies. Mm. Like, you're talking thousands. Like, and people are like, "Well, what?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then people have to buy it. And if they don't, yeah. you've just spent you're thousands stuck, on a yeah. bunch of hoodies. Like, it's yeah, you got even the hoodie as well. You got the ABN behind it. You got the and that's the thing. That's like the thing. That's that's a single product. Not yeah, not the branding. Not everything else. Like, there's so much yeah. depth in. So there's even like there's another like theory of it. And I say this all the time. Like anyone. You talk about this a lot in a lot of your videos is when people undermine or underestimate your value of what yep. you bring to the table. <coughs> Pardon me. So there's a there's a story of, I think it's Leonardo da Vinci and he's sitting in like uh, Central Park, wherever it is, and he's just painting what he wants I to know paint. exactly yeah. talking about, yeah. What he Banger. wants to paint, right? And this lady comes up to him and she goes, oh, you must paint me. So he's like, all right. So he puts the canvas that he's painting down, puts another one on, paints her in 10 minutes, bro. It's the best painting like she's ever seen yep, in her she's life. She's gassed on it. She's gassed on it. And he goes, you know, after three minutes of painting, he goes, oh, that's fucking 25 grand or 10 grand or whatever. And she goes, 10 grand. Fucking, it took you three minutes. He's like, it took me like X amount of years and all this experience to make, like to allow Understand. me to do it. In Take three that expression. Yeah. Take 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah, like 100%. Pretty much Exactly people like don't and people don't see the hustle, yeah. man. They don't. They see you succeed. That's it. Like I I'm here. Like we talk about this a lot. Like I'm here a lot. Like just constantly. Like I'll do the Oakwood stuff and then I'll do Flow after. Like yeah. At the moment, Flow's making no money, and my driver for Flow and Matt's driver for Flow isn't money. It's the message behind it. Yeah. But you need to put in those hours and my time that I could be, you know, building Oakwood. I'm working and spending on Flow. <coughs> For the for the long term results, like yeah, not the money results, the impact that we're trying to make, and, and we're not going to change the clothing game. Like a logo on a shirt, it's a logo on a shirt, yeah. and I like credit to Icebro. He says this in the most perfect way. He's like, it's literally just like a t shirt on someone's back. Like mm. there's no, yeah. the physical product is no different. It might feel like a little bit better quality or yeah, different yeah. color or whatever. But same, same. Yeah, it's the message. It's about seeing the shirt and going like respect. You know. What yeah, I mean? for like, sure. And that's a big thing that I learn off Ice as well. Like. When you're selling a branding, he goes, you got to remember, if someone's going to spend their money to wear that shirt, that's because they want to represent what that shirt's about. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you think about Nike, like someone puts on a Nike shirt, it's like, yeah, that fitness lifestyle, but it, but it's got like a like a quality to it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if Nike's with the elite athletes and stuff like that, so you wear it. And like you don't feel like an elite athlete, but you feel good in it. Yeah. And it's the same thing with any other any other brand. Like if you come from a culture, so skating, like a Thrasher T or something like that, People like in core mm. skateboarding love it because of what Thrasher stands about. Mm. Now it's a fashion icon because they built it up so much and people wear it. And it's like they want to be like some of them just wear it for the fashion aspect, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like a lot of people wear it because they want to look that cool trendy kid that the skater was, you know what I mean? Like if it's like from San Francisco and stuff like that, like where Thrasher is, like that's what it is. Yeah. Mm. So 100%. I guess touching back, you obviously got pretty successful early with the scooter stuff and yeah. Like you said, Cody Donovan was a big role model for you. Yeah. 
you obviously would have had young kids coming up to you and making you feel like probably what Cody felt like. How did you kind of take all that on board, I guess, from a pretty young age? Like you peaked at like 18-ish? Yeah, yeah, give or take, yeah. How did you take, I guess, not the pressure, but I guess prepare yourself for them conversations with kids and people coming up to you? Like it would have been a big job. Yeah, for sure. And it's something that like I'm passionate about now. I I really want to set a good example and I've been diehard on that for myself. Like stay true to that message. Like lead by example, like be a good kid because – you know, you're at the skate park and not to take away from the incredible place that a skate park is, but it's not exactly full of the greatest people at all times. Um, and usually it's something that's a public place and it's from people uh, low economic status and stuff like that. Usually you see at the skate park that really thrive because they're given an opportunity to do something that they might not have had before. So there's a lot of kids there that come from disadvantaged backgrounds and they're like on struggle. And I see that and I'm like, man, like I want to help you. Like I want to do that. But my biggest thing, that whole the whole way through was I remember being that kid with Cody and the way he treated me and I just wanted to make sure I treated every single kid exactly. that exact same way. And like, like I, the pay it forward thing. Yeah. Just like constantly yeah, yeah. pass the baton. 100%. And that's the thing. Like I've had so many people now that have come, man, I looked up to you so much when I was younger. Like you're the biggest G and I'm like, thanks dude. Like, like even now, like I appreciate you having the respect to say that to me because that makes me feel like I've done something right. Yeah. Like in no, the past. Yeah. And that's why well, I've been same so as us too. Yeah. Like what we're trying sorry, what we're trying to incorporate is in on the mental health aspect. And that's where you're you've got that too. Like you can tell you've got that genuine care. Yeah. And it's the difference between me and you at the pub and say you're in a bad mood. It only takes one bad word to you and puts you down even more. Yeah. That's that and one word like drive safe or love you, mate, or are you good? Yeah. And it's yeah. in, and like exactly the same as being a young kid. If he loves you and you go up and you're like, I'll oh, piss off, like I'm trying to ride, yeah. he's going to take that to heart. Yeah, he wears I mean? it. He wears it yeah, for 100% sure. And he does. And that's, you, you can kind of tell, like, as well, he's so on it with mental health. But, like, the other day I had a shocker, absolute shocker of a day. And I'm like, man, I just need to speak to someone. And my brain was going a million miles an hour. And I, like, had a bit of thing, like, a couple of questions that I could target at Aiden. And I just sent him a message, like, hey, bro, what's your number? Like, can I give you a call? Mm. After that call, man, I felt unreal because. I got a big weight off my chest. I spoke about someone that genuinely gave a shit. And like, like not saying this just for the podcast, this is the second time I've ever spoken to this dude yeah, like, yeah. and heard his voice. Like everything else has been through text or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like I have a genuine connection with, with like both of you boys now like, and just opening up because you just give a crap. And people don't often understand that there is people out there that do give a crap. And it's so lightly said like, oh, are you okay today? Like, you know, check on your mates or whatever. There's people out there that do it. And, like, they're the ones that I want to give credit to. And that's exactly what you guys are building the brand off right now. He's trying to build that culture within, like, especially us here in Camden where, like, it's not we really we present. We just want, like, a one-day-off thing. Like, the oh, are yeah. you okay day? Like, fucking all behind that. But, yeah. like, you know, you shouldn't just have to, you know, dedicate one day. Like, you should, you know, care constantly. Yeah, and for like, sure. It's just good. Uh, like, yeah, 100%. Like, when it's good that everyone jumps on board with that. But it also, I've seen... Not not pointing the finger or anything. I love that everyone gets involved, but you see people share it for the wrong reasons. I think yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. don't genuinely like don't just do it for one day just to you know get that are you alright or yeah for sure. Claim, like you want to push that so everyone's comfortable at all the time to do it. When like, those people are genuine about it too, you'll see them talk about it more than once. Mm-hmm. You'll see them bring it up, and it's usually when they're going through something because they're like, you know what, I'm having a shit day, man. Like, I think someone else might need to hear this too, and it's kind of like like if you've got a strong background or support system. Like, you kind of get through it and you, you push through, but other people don't always have that. And they're the ones that are left high and dry. And if you, like, reach out and just put that message out there, like, someone sees that one day, it could save a life or something. And, like, I've had people message me before, like, thanks, man, for opening up and talking about something that happened in your life because I could relate and I kind of was feeling like I was going through it alone. 
And I'm like, nah, man, like I go through that all the time. And like even now, like so do you like this past couple of days for me have been wild. Like even today, like I'm stressing before I come in. I'm like, you know what, man, I'm taking 30 minutes or I'm going to be a mess on this podcast. My brain's all over the place. Yeah. But like you go through it in life. That's life. And like I'm lucky that I have people around me to kind of like remind me like, mate, you're sweet. Like it's good. We got you. Like everything's sweet. We've yeah. got two more now, so that's... Yeah, uh, no, I appreciate that yeah. too. And, uh, like, that's the thing. What you are doing is building that culture. And like I said before, out here, it's not a massive thing. Like, but when you... Now people have seen you guys talk about it and they've seen me talk about it or whatever. They're going to feel like they can talk to you about it. 100%. And you, that's, you'll that's get them inbox, man. I promise you, in the next year, like, you might not even not notice it at the time, but someone will reach out to you or someone will say something to you at the pub or, or ask you a question, man, or even just message you just to be busy. And you'll help them in that moment. Like, they just need something. Yeah. And usually the guys that would give it to them, you know what I mean? No, so, 100%. That's what it's but about. I remember just tracking back to this is the second time that we spoke. But um, I first found out about you. So, there was a random lady on like one of the community pages. You were helping some kids out at Oran Park. Yeah, like the just, post. Yeah. yeah, just teaching them something. And yeah. she wrote this massive, like, thank you. Like, I don't even think it was, was it her kids. Or no. Not, it wasn't no. even her kids. Yeah. And she's written this massive post about him just saying, this young guy, like, and, like, I think you're saying in one of your videos, like, I think you're building a scooter deck or something. Yeah. And um, you're like, oh, how old are you? And you're like, oh, you're 27 now, aren't you? 26. 26. Oh, <laughs> easy. easy. I look 12, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But that's what you said on the video. You're like, you know, she's, she's probably going, oh, this young guy, you're still fucking young. Yeah, bro. yeah, like, yeah. 26, you're still young. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for you to take, like, especially at 26, bro, like, how often do you see people... 26 year old especially taking time out to help little kids mm. whether were you teaching him tricks or so what happened man this is, this is 100 as well like yeah. this is what a lot of people don't know about that story went to the skate park that day and it was chockers and i was like dude i'm kind of just trying to ride for like two hours like i had two hours to kill before i had something to do yeah. i'm like I'm not even feeling it like i'm just gonna kind of like not really get anything done or like not be stoked like getting snaked everyone's been snaked and when the park's busy like and it's in a new town like that and it's a new place. It's so exciting on a weekend. Like I usually wouldn't go there on the weekends. That's just me being me. Like if I want to ride, I'm mm. definitely not pulling up on a weekend. Yeah. Um, but I was there. There was like three or four birthday parties within within the area. So there was kids everywhere. And I just went, you know what? Like I'm not going to get what I want out of riding. Like I could do something else. And this little kid was like, hey, can I have a go scooter? I'm like, yeah, sure, bro. Like just let him have a go. And I was sitting down just chomping back some chips, like just chilling Come back, this is awesome. Thanks, man. Someone's like, hey, can you teach me how to tail whip? And I went, yeah, sure. And it just kind of led to one thing to another. And then yeah. like that kid was like chilling and doing his own thing and riding my scooter. And some girls were there. And that's what the photo is actually of, is me teaching these girls. And yeah. they just had skateboards. And like like I've seen it a million times, man. You see a couple of girls at the skate park trying something. And like no one helps them or no one does it. And it's an intimidating place. Well, that's what I was saying to you before. That's why I asked that question is because like I knew that we we're going to go down yeah. this, this post. But yeah, like, I remember when I was going there when I was younger, bro, like, I was so fucking petrified. My yeah. dad would be like, you want to go to skate park after footy training? I'm like, yeah. can I say no? Yeah. And he's like, no, just bring your scooter or whatever. And there'd be people, you know, jump, some, yeah. sometimes fucking trying to jump over me. And yeah. Like, I'm going over this little fucking hump, yeah. Yeah, hump and they'd flying over me and shit. I'm like, holy fuck, like, this is so scary. And, like, they're not helping you. They're not talking to you. They're like, stay at sad in my way like i'm gonna hit you yeah I, like, I don't, I don't like fun. to write off yeah. the skate park community because yeah. there's so many good people in it yeah, yeah but there's so many assholes as well man yeah. and like people that are just so self-absorbed well, that's what i'm saying for yeah. someone like you like especially at your age as well like um like we'd probably not that we're in the community but we'd probably be 
the guys to do the same thing, you know, yeah. help help yeah. people. Yeah. Like that's just what makes us passionate to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to see that man, like I was like, fuck, I've got to reach out to this guy. So yeah. I wasn't, I followed you on social media. And then I was like, look, I'm not going to be, this. you probably had heaps of messages after that. Of yeah. People saying thank you. Like everyone's, everyone's pretty chill in this like community. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you know, they're, they're grateful when you do something good yeah. and, they, and they kind of show you respect for it in a sense. But yeah, like I just kind of let that die down a little bit. So followed you on socials and stuff. And I was just checking out all your stuff just to make sure like everything was sweet. And yeah. then I was like, I want this guy on the podcast. Yeah. And yeah. We had to wait till we got the gear in like for the, for the podcast and yeah, I said to Matt, I was like, I want so this no, guy no, on. No yeah. brainer, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, like, you're a local guy, like, fuck, it's, it's even though you're in, di- like, a different, you're still, like, with the clothing stuff, yeah. same industry. It's relatable, it's targeting yeah. a different demographic, yeah. I guess. Yeah, not targeting at all. And, like, the, the kids that you helped at Oran Park, like, like, they could go on to, you know, scooter and a Do America great things, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. fuck. Like, and that's the, like it you don't, you don't realise the impact that you have until, like, the kid's gone off and he's like, you know what, I've, been taught that you know it's what you the time that you took to help that kid you know when he grows up he goes to a skate park there's another kid like a bit wobbly oh yeah. mate here's how you keep your balance like this really helps yeah. me doing that bro it's just kind of generation, yeah, pay, generation pay it forward like yeah. fuck and that's the thing like that post was so humbling man because i like i said i was not expecting nothing out of it kind of wrote the day off in my own mind i was yeah. just like yeah quick burn a couple of hours Literally on the way out, seeing these girls doing it, and I thought, you know what, man, like I'm gonna help them for two minutes, and they were trying, like they were giving it a go, but they just kind of didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. So I was like, hey, like, do you want me to show you? And they're like, oh, like kind of a bit hesitant. I'm like, don't worry, like I'll show you, like you can do it. And I just said, like I rode past them a couple of times, and I was like, you got it. And then like later they're like, hey, can you show me? And I'm like, yeah. And, like literally, I was with them for ten minutes, bro, and that lady took the photo, yeah. and I, like it was just to see that. Cause I like I didn't get tagged in it. They didn't know who I was. And then like a couple minutes later, people were like tagging me, tagging me, tagging me. And I said, I was like, man, like this is nuts. So it's like, such a skit. Like I, with the community pages, like my local page gets tagged like a little bit when like yep. friends and that recommend me. Yeah. And it scares the shit out of you sometimes because your phone just goes ding, 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 and you're just like, what's going on? Yeah. And like obviously, Oakwood was different to my actual name, but seeing your name go like you've been mentioned in a comment, yeah. mentioned in a comment, like you'd probably if. You you know, until you unlock your phone and look at what's going on. Yeah. It's probably that bit of anxiety. To be yeah, like, I was, I was yeah, like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, to see it, like I said, well, so humbling, man. And, yeah. like, she didn't have to do that. And that was the coolest thing for me. Like, you know, like, I was just doing what I do. And and to kind of get a reward for it and get so much praise for it made me kind of feel like I'd done something good again. And, like, you know, just just to be invested in a local community, in a park, like Oran Park, and kind of, like, like, everyone, like, gave me so much raps for the skate park. Like, they loved it. And then just to be, like, known as someone good there, a good patron, still setting that example was, like, exactly what I wanted to achieve. So it was, like, a personal reward kind of thing. Mm, and what's good about that is, like, when someone goes out of their way to say a bad post, that's one thing. Yep. When someone goes out of their way to say something good, that's a fucking other thing. Yeah, for like sure. If someone has spent time out of their day to praise someone else, yeah. like, shows, obviously, how much they appreciated that yeah. and shows they're a good person too. Yeah. You, you, you know? don't really say it that much, like, when you say no. it. You really don't. And, like, I can't really remember the last time I posted something the other day like about someone close to me but I don't remember the last time I just praised someone for doing something good yeah. and it, like this was the thing when you asked me to jump on the podcast like I'd already spoken to my partner at the time like about how I wanted to do something with the brand like just even give it a shout out or something because like the what you were pushing was such a good thing so like you said full circle like but do a good thing you get the reward like it's super important just to like give without expectation and that's yeah. that's probably why it felt so humbling because yeah. like you had Probably no idea that lady was standing there taking the photo. Yeah, no. and you're just doing something genuine that's nice and helping someone. Yeah, and then 
you know, you didn't have any expectation whatsoever to jump in your car, head home, and have your phone start dinging off. Yeah. But it did because someone saw you doing a good thing. Yeah. And it just, you know, hap- happened. And, yeah, it's, 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 that's the thing with flow. Like, me and Matt say to each other countless amounts of time in the day, like, as much as, like, the clothes are cool and shit like that, it's obviously the message. But we don't really care if we made a sale or not. Yeah. It's like, if we're able to, you know, we're able to jump on the podcast, talk about these important topics, and that, that, Makes us so happy, but the amount of messages we get though, just saying like, fuck, I listen to your podcast, like this part was really good and like it, it's helped me. Like I spoke about daily planners, I had a guy message me on my personal page saying like, man, I went to office works and bought one of those planners that you're talking about. It's like fucking works like a charm. For productivity. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you might, like I might say one thing that doesn't resonate with one person. But then two minutes later, I might say something else and, you know, it's, it's yeah, hit. Yeah, nail, nail on the head yeah. with someone else, yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, um, but yeah, man, in a sense of like where you're moving now, like I know that you're going through a bit of a struggle at the moment. Yeah. Um, how are you kind of pushing through that and what's helping you get through? Honestly, just knowing the way that life is right now, knowing like I'm not the only person that's experiencing it. So like just give everyone clarity. Like a couple of years ago, kind of went down the scooter path, tried to create a career out of it. Didn't really work out. Um, like the way I'd planned out due to like, just the way it went. So I was like, all right, reshuffle. Like, what am I going to do? Had a passion in snowboarding at the time, like, that was booming, popping off. I went, all right, sweet, I'm going to jump in this. Went down there and, like, got linked up with a camp. Had an epic little system going. Like, my life was great. I was going three or four trips a year, like, different countries and stuff like that. Went to all these epic places, literally getting paid to snowboard and film kids. And That's fucking mad. Like, it was such a, such a good time. COVID rocks up. It's like, no, nah, mate, none of that. And it's just like, I just lost one thing that i put 10 years into and thought that was my life and like like i wasn't just thinking i was going to be a writer i thought i had a career out, outside of it like within the sport and the industry and that kind of fizzled and this happened and this is fizzled and it's kind of just like i just picked myself back up i just got everything going again i was sweet and now we're back again like like within this last week as well it's even like crazier and like i said to you like on my way here you got a message from my mate travis like he's in the same boat as a as a dj and a musician like his industry pretty much doesn't exist right now no yeah. one knows when clubs are really going to open back up to book or you know your touring djs and stuff like that that are getting paid to travel around the country and tour or to make all this music like if you're not making like bangers that are getting radio exposure or lots of hits on spotify or whatever these days or sick brand deals like you're not making a lot of money from music it's from performing and everything like that and you take that away like these guys have got nothing yeah 100 percent. so it's not just me like and the travel industry and all these other industries are copping it right now and kind of don't know what to do like and we were talking about this before unless you've been affected by it right now it's hard for people to understand yeah. and it's a like that's kind of what i just been telling myself is that like a lot of other people are in this boat like nobody really has the answers like just keep swimming glass half full yeah yeah i'm yeah, saying so on that dj like one of my good mates is local dj well known dj yeah we all know him but yeah, I was talking to him before and I just said, how you been? And he like, there was a couple of hours in replies, in between replies and days and he goes, man, I'm flat out. He goes, yeah. like, I'm at this stage now where I need to bust my ass to make it. But he goes, COVID's just fucking me. Yeah. Like, and he, like you said, like, if you're not playing shows, if you're not traveling, you're writing music, hoping it's going to boom. Yeah. If it doesn't, then and like. And it's that key word, bro, hope. hope. That's what, that's what you got so right much, now. So much into it. Like, yeah. talent and talent, but it just need that one track to boom. But like you said, he said, I'm just grinding and grinding, just hoping for the best. Like The hardest thing was like, you would know this as well, like when you've got a business that revolves on community and other people and stuff like that, they need to be spending money for you to make money. But if people are like scared, like with COVID and everything like that, all the people that I was like making money from, like with ads and endorsement and whatever else or shooting content and media, 
they weren't spending because they were like, bro, we don't even know what's going on. We're trying to like be safe here as well. So you kind of had that like domino effect of just like everyone. Everyone was just holding onto their money. Bro. Yeah, it's tough like as me with me with sales. Like I've been going into sales where I'm trying to fight work, and yep. I'm trying to get work for a company, and I'm dealing with people who don't want to like. I'm trying yeah. to do that with people who just lost their job, perhaps or. So, I mean, and it's a hard job because, you know, it's my job to provide, obviously, f- like, as much as I can for the company, but, you know, I'm also got to chase work at the same time. Yeah, so and you're yeah. taking money out of people's pockets in yeah. a sense that don't really have that yeah. that same yeah. safety so net. Two different minds, it's yeah. It's the hardest thing. And this is the thing, like, that's COVID. That's right now. That's 2020. Like, we're dealing with it. We don't know the outcome. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't know what's going to change. We don't know what how it's going to be. So everyone's just I like think, I think the hoping. uncertainty is just yeah. absolutely like boiling that's a, that's a bit that's right a, that's the yeah. most confusing thing is uncertainty like it could yeah. be tomorrow everything's back to normal it could be fucking next year like yeah. we literally don't know could be never and that's the craziest thing too and not like coming to terms with that for me and like for a bunch of other people is like like Trav like it sounds stupid to think that there will never be like clubs again mm, but or fezzies or anything yeah, like that yeah yeah but it's not even that it's the damage will be done by then that people that were in it can't afford it anymore. Yeah, like like, the, group, like the club owners, and all this, yeah, yeah like, like, like all these people, like they don't understand. Like it's a seasonal wage. Like you make a massive chunk from one or two things. Like if you have a festival, say you might run driven the mill, whatever, every year. Like that's your money maker, and then it kind of holds its way through to the next year. But if as soon as you lose one, like you it's lose chunk, man. Like yeah, like that's your year's wage. Like you know what I mean? You've probably already spent money trying to build. Like we we're talking about before with the clothes, you spend the money before you get the sale, and you get the return on it. So it's kind of like you're investing, getting nothing. And right now it's like the hope of that reinvestment is so distant and so uncertain that you're like, what's going to happen? Like I've got no idea. Yeah. Mm, that's definitely scary, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So in a sense of your plans from here, like when you walk out of this is out, of, out of this office tonight, what are you kind of, you know, hoping to, to move towards? Hoping to go to sleep <laughs> within the first like, hour because <laughs> I'm going to snow in the morning. Oh, yeah. So for me um, – like I'm grateful that Perishar is open with a park. Mm-hmm. It's like I went to Threadbow with the family, like no park. So for me, it's almost unopportunistic to make money, like because I deal with kids in the park, like shoot content based around the park, mm-hmm. like advertising in the park. Like yeah, you can shoot snowboarding and stuff like that. But like my niche, I guess, is like that skate park element at the snow. So I went down there, like used all the tools that I'd learned from creating content and brands and stuff like that. Like working with all these companies at the skate park and action sports and took that to snowboarding and being specific and gave kids on the come up, which there's so many of in Australia right now, like the opportunity on how to build sponsors, how to build their following, how to capitalize on all this stuff and kind of set themselves up and teamed up with this camp. So we went and done that. And right now, like that's kind of the only thing that I've kind of got at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that's even hard, man, because people don't know, like, all it takes is one case at the snow and the snow's gone and yeah. people don't really, like... So, so close to each other and so packed. Yeah, like, like, and it's busy down there. Like, don't get me wrong, like, but... My missus is there now and she sent me photos and it's, like, a Monday morning. Chip Perry? Like, yeah. Yeah, so out, face like. mask thing as well. Like, as soon as you step foot on Parish property, like, you're covered at all times. So... Like, that's just unfamiliar for people. And it's usually such a happy, vibrant place. And everyone, like, if the weather's good, like, this week, like, it's supposed to be amazing, mm. super sunny. It's down there, yeah. Everyone's, like, little to no clothes, man, like, just boarding around, having a good time. Like, you could, I caught my best tan of the year, like, in the middle of winter from the reflection on snow. But, like, now you've got to have your face covered. It's all these unfamiliar things and all these rules. And it's just a different experience for people. Like, there's no pub environment down there. If you've ever been, it's like some people go down there a couple – cut a couple runs then pull into the pub and that's where more of their fun is like if they don't really enjoy skiing yeah. or snowboarding yeah. as much 
Um, or like some of your mates will be really good at it and some of them would suck and you just say, oh, mate, meet you in the pub in an hour. And like they just gun it straight down there. Like that's where their spot is or they've rolled all the way down there, whatever it is. <laughs> but like, you know, that element of like socialising and stuff is almost gone down there. And it, you see it. It's a different place. Like I, I ride Front Valley and there's a pub at the bottom. Usually it's booming. You've got people watching now and there's music and whatever else. That's not a thing. No way. There's a couple of kids sitting outside eating their sandwiches that are in like the school programs and that's it. Like, and it's usually full of people. So it's just a different culture. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's a culture shift. Like, unless you're solely invested or, like, you know, your girlfriend's down there, like, having a little trip, little getaway. Like, some people are still doing that. But a lot of people are still scared to do that right now. They don't know. Or they can't afford it, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Got a few few questions from the Instagram audience. Let's let's do it. Send them in. So, obviously, seeing, like, I used to follow follow motocross a bit and, like, Rusty Demons and all that shit that kicked off. Now, seeing where that's come from, say, from, like, a whip to now... Or they think they did triple backflip last year. Yeah, yeah. Do you obviously you seen scooter and come through? Do you think there's much growth in the sport itself? From the outside, man, it, it like you don't notice it. The inside is crazy right now. Like yeah, from right. when I started, Cody was one of the people that kind of invented all these tricks. Yeah. Um, and now I think that's another thing, reason why I kind of fizzled out with it as well. It becomes so hard for me to learn like new tricks because it got to a level where it was like it wasn't just um, like taking one more hand off or something. It was like doing another backflip. Yeah. So like I was one of the first in the world to do a double. And then from there, like not many people have really done doubles, but the last like three or four, four, four years, like so many kids doing it. And like if you wanted to place top 10 at Worlds, you were doing a double like flip that's, in some way or another. That's a must, yeah. Like, get, yeah, or you weren't even close, bro. Like, you know what I mean? And that's the thing. People doing double flares and all these tricks that I never even thought were possible when I was like at my peak. And you just watch it come up now and that's a norm and every kid had to do it. And like we've got facilities or had facilities in Australia doing it. A lot of them are shut down. But like it's just nuts to like you say, to see the growth when we were younger, like watching someone do a whip at Krusty Demons was wild. Or even the double backflip, like Travis Pastrana at X yeah. Games or whatever it was. That was mo- like the, monumental, man. Now, I, like st- I still remember watching that on TV like it was the craziest thing ever. Yeah. But yeah, now like every third or fourth pro FMX rider does dub. Yeah, like, yeah. If they're not yeah. doing triples, I don't want to watch yeah. it. Like, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like that's how it is. Yeah. So we uh yeah, we had a few questions come in for you uh with your podcast episode. So we've got um and McGill twenty four or no McGill. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh what do you do to stay healthy and remain positive? Great question. <sighs> Banger. Even I th- you don't even really know the answer. I'm around this kid a lot. That's but a good question. For me, like I play sport, um, from like my competitive outlet, I guess, and like the only kind of sense of competition I still have is soccer. Um, play like local M League out here, but like that training aspect and the social aspect, like my team and me and homies, like everyone's so tight, and I kind of love that culture around it. Um, but that's one of the main things that I do to stay active. Kind of cut out drinking soft drink as much in terms of diet mm-hmm. to be healthy, like being on the waters a lot more. Um, and anyone that knows me knows I'm a like little snack fiend, love a chalky, love some lollies and stuff <laughs> like that. So I wasn't cutting that, so I kind of chose this, like, the soft drinks and that, but. Other than that, man, I was at the gym for a while. Like, had that as a strict routine, and I like, always grew up as an active kid. So that kind of thing stayed there. What was the second half of like? How do I say? Um, healthy and remain positive. Remaining positive is. It's kind of like just having that support system. I think without them, like I man, I have some shocking days. Like today was one. Like a bunch of other days have been them, and it's kind of like just having people to remind you that every now and then, like everything's sweet or whatever. But I think something that I put into place is. Like I'm a strong believer in it's not a like it's not a bad life, just a bad day, or yeah, it's not yeah, a 100%. not a bad day, just a bad hour, like or whatever. Put it into whatever perspective you want. Yeah. But sometimes it's just like separating yourself from that moment and avoiding drama, like or anything. If you can see it come in, like just distance yourself. And I think I've 
I'm pretty grounded in my mind that I can notice when something's going wrong. So it's just backing it off and trying not to think too deeply, which if you know me, is almost impossible. Massive overthinker. But yeah, just kind of yeah. like taking a step back and giving we'll yourself some We'll jump back to space. the physical health. We'll finish yeah. these questions, but I want to jump back to that as well. Yeah. I think that's important. Uh, next question, Jaden Houghton says, is there a flow slash uh, where you collab in talks? Oh, hang on. We ain't spoken about this. <laughs> <but> let's <laughs> go, boys. What have we got? Nah. Well, this is the first talk about it, so. Like, I'd love to. And I think, like, one of the biggest things for me now is collaborating and giving back from what I have made of myself and, and the brands and everything like that that I've worked with. So if I see something that I'm, like, passionate about or that i agree with and want to support i'm 200 percent behind it mm. so like we hadn't spoken about that but it probably will be in the works from yeah. now and Sounds whether that's way. you know in a year's time or whether it's a tiny little limited edition item or something like i'm sure it will happen yeah. at some point 100 yeah. all right next question uh is that mccauley or mccauley Davis? yeah mccauley yeah mccauley yeah. uh says when are you coming back <laughs> to swansea to see me um the plan was now or like july this year yeah. supposed to go back for a competition and and be a judge and that was postponed thanks to COVID again. So that's another thing. So like Macaulay's out, COVID. my little nephew in the UK and don't get to see him too often. It's been, a, I can count the amount of times I've seen him ever on my hand, which is crazy to think about. So getting back there is something that's important, but I think, yeah, the answer to that is who knows, brother. Mm. Like soon, I hope, man, miss ya, but I can't promise you nothing. Yeah. Uh, next question. Um, probably going to fucking chop this guy's name. Uh, <laughs> Kieran Pingiaro says, root, shoot, marry, Ken, Tony, Nikon. Shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question, isn't it? Shoot Nikon. Mm. Like are we talking about shoot like a camera or are we talking about like shoot it with a gun? gun. I'm saying get I'm rid of it. Like yeah, it that's it a bit hard because yeah. it's a camera question, but yeah, I'm, yeah get I'm, I can't imagine anyone would ever root one of these brands or a camera. But, but if you I've seen you stranger strings about <laughs> that. But no, no, hundred percent. I think I'm a Canon guy at the moment, so I'm gonna say marry Canon root. Sony because that thing is hectic. You get around it, but like I'm, I'm (laughs) swinging hard. Like I'm in a bit of an unloyal relationship with Canon and Sony right now, so we'll see what happens. Might be shifting. Maybe take the both of them. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's all the questions. Uh, Thanks heaps for sending your questions in. I really appreciate it. But yeah, man. um, Yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate appreciate it. it. So um, such a banger, boys. Loved it, and it's it's easy to come in here and talk, and like we didn't have the mic set up for like a good 30 minutes before we even started this and we're yarning the whole time so let's um bring back the dj deck soon or what i would love to isaac's in the background like (laughs) (laughs) but um, i I would love to man that was a that was a big part of my life as well and like some things happened with that like the closing down of mac tab and that really hurt me as a person because yeah like like kids like ice and and that coming up like we knew who you were like and we were djing the clubs and stuff like we saw these next gens and you get messages from them asking for a track or whatever like or how do you do this or you know just anything like support or whatever like i had kids ask me like how do i do it and i'm like what like i sent them a link on youtube or something like that they would ask anything and everything and the moment that that was gone like it kind of hit me like these kids aren't going to have somewhere to go when they turn 18 mm. they're not going to have like an opportunity to dj locally and without that it's kind of hard to make it like as an actual musician like you got to hustle or you got to be a really good producer yeah and, like, I was hustling at that point, but, like, I'm in the city and then you had lockout laws and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, that sucked, man. Like, the whole DJ thing fizzling out. But, yeah, I can't promise you when. Well, maybe we'll have a, a flow party. Launch party, you can do Yeah, oh, so everyone will be there. It'll be a good health, time. Yeah. But now, just back to the – sorry, back to the physical health thing. Yeah. You yeah. prioritise your physical health pretty pretty highly. Yeah. It's something you value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just out of being active, I think 
like on my worst days, go for a run or something like that. Right. It doesn't matter it's the weather. Just about the, I'm that Aiden. If I say it, Aiden, if I'm, I'm that, the, I, 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 I am run. Yeah. I'm that, like, like if I'm having a shit day, like I'll do weird shit, like 20 push ups in my room. Yeah. Just take nah, oh yeah. energy or go for I'll sprint like it's just push a ups. It was doing push ups in the That's not a lie. I did the same thing, and it's not even so much that like. Like I'm not a gym junkie enough like that. I don't know. Yeah, like that's what I mean. But it's more so the release and like the endorphins and stuff like that. It just helps you get some clarity sometimes. And I think I've always prioritized like feeling good. Yeah. So you feel good. Look good, feel good. Yeah. I, like I'm massive with that with sport. Like like it's crazy, but I have like superstition with soccer boots. I won't play unless I've washed them. Mm-hmm. So like go home and I like scrub the shit out of them. I used to wear the same pair of undies. Yeah, something like that. Budgies. Everyone has their superstition. But mine was look good, feel good, play good. And like I was on it for ages, so I think that's something that I like do in life as well. So feel good about yourself. You're gonna carry yourself well. You're gonna be able to do it. Perfect day. Like that's a message that when we started to close, like I'm always a big believer of look good, feel good. Yeah. And that might like clothes might not resemble to that, but if someone's wearing a cool shirt or like if I'm wearing something good, I'm automatically feeling better. The confidence. If I'm wearing trackies down to the like, if I'm wearing a Smith shirt, my shoes, all that, my hair. Yeah, you dressed up. You're feeling nice. Yeah. Ego structure. Ego for sure. So. That's definitely a part of it. So yeah. physical health, I reckon, is definitely, and then that w- that definitely plays into mental. Conspiracy theories, bro. <laughs> you believe in them? Is, is this a Joe Rogan podcast yeah, or what? Fucking hell, is it? No, like I don't want to say no. I don't want to say no. Aliens or no? Right. <laughs> it's deep, eh? And like my brother's full. You've thought about this, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he wanted to sleep tonight, but he's not. Nah, 100%. I'm not. Oh, I'm drive to sleep now. You're yeah. like. <laughs> I don't want to say no, but I, but I think no. Like, but I'm so open-minded, like genuinely so open-minded that the possibility of it, like, doesn't scare me, but like, it's real to me. Like, it could be a thing, yeah. but I'm, I'm like, nah, like, it is what it is kind of thing. Like, yeah. like I said before, like. You just don't want to speak bad in case they fucking hear you up there and come down and be like, you didn't nah, believe in me, nah. fucker. Not, <laughs> even that, not even that, dude. Like, more so, like, like if it's going to happen or if something's real, like, it'll come out one day. Yeah. Like, the truth always that's, comes that's, out. That's so I'm kind of like, I'm not putting any more theories in my head than what I can deal I with right I, now. I'll tell you what, though. Like, I know, I know there's a lot of media speculation, but there's a lot of different things dropping. This year's crazy year, but there's a lot of things, like, coming out. The government's, like, you know... Saying stuff on behalf of the the government and yeah, yeah. Like it's like I don't. I literally have never thought about this much. Like to be in the nicest way, I don't waste my time on stuff that I don't have. Like I just feel like it's no value to me. I'm not gonna go that's watch three hours of YouTube. That's videos. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I'd prefer to deal with whatever the hell it is that's already on my plate than add more to it <laughs> because it's such a dark, deep spiral, man. And the like, like I said, I'm a believer in possibilities. Yeah. So maybe aliens are all you need, bro. If there's any aliens <laughs> out there that can fix my one percent turnover rate, do you know, do you know the one <laughs> thing that I always used to flip out about? And this is the weirdest thing. This is gets weird. But so we're Earth, planet Earth. Yep. We've never disc- they haven't discovered fuck all the space. Just start away from time. Ready? Go for it. <laughs> Imagine if there's another Earth exactly like us doing the exact same shit with technology, fucking billions of kilometers away. We don't know that. So I'm saying, bro, poss- <laughs> possibilities, man. Yeah, bro, like right, change, that's one change of frequency on the fucking interface. That's the only, I'm sure we'll reach. Yeah. That's the only thing that's like. I've ever slightly thought of. I was like, we don't know who the fuck are we going to that, But that's what I'm saying. Like my, my bottom line for all of it is, is like, I don't want to say no and be like that negative person, but it doesn't affect my world. So I kind of don't, um, I don't entertain it, but I'm open to the possibilities yeah. that anything and Speak everything is possible. Probably come back to what you're saying. Speak on the 1% on it's social media, yeah. but 
I reckon we literally only know like a really small percent of oh, the everything. Way less We've only that. discovered yeah. like five percent of the ocean. I think you only use like one percent of your brain or something. Mm. Your brain can produce like I'll get technically. Your yeah. brain can produce like four billion bytes per second. Yeah. We only, pr- but we can only access two thousand of it per second. Yeah, so and that, that's what I'm talking about. Like. The scheme of things is so much gnarly than anyone thinks, man. I'm just, I do me, scooters, yeah. snowboards, <laughs> cameras, whatever. This is a 2 a.m. conversation. This yeah, well, it's getting <laughs> that way right now. <laughs> Do the beers out, let's yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, really appreciate you coming on today. Nah, thanks for uh, having me, boys. stopping by and um, yeah, had a really good time talking awesome. to you. No, I appreciate yeah. it heaps, though. Sure, yeah. it won't be their last one, that's for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but yeah, wish you all the best with everything that's going on and, you know, you get through it, you're fucking strong and you're a genuine guy, so... Like I yeah. said, you got two more friends to talk to anyway. Nah, hundred percent, and that's that's mutual, boys. Appreciate it. Get around, flow. Too easy. Thanks, Thanks Major Bella. Thank you. But I need this change to make it big. Well, I got to give everything I can for this. No ifs or buts, honey. I would die for this. Need it more than my next breath. Yeah, you know that I'm totally obsessed with it.